0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Pleasure to welcome in Gad Alon, Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions here at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Gad, great to talk to you again.
1: Good to be here, Ben.
0: Thank you. So I guess up until now, the big one of the biggest issues Around this issue of rollout has been the fact that we haven't had as much vaccine as we would like to see. And you've really had to kind of pick and choose what areas of the country were able to get the vaccines.
1: Exactly. I think to some extent, um, ultimately, we, we can talk in a second maybe about why different states are so ineffective and why some countries are more effective than others. And it goes beyond just the capacity, but it should be very clear that if we had enough shots if we had enough vaccines none of that would have been an issue you might receive one today you might receive one at the end of march but you would be vaccinated that's not the issue that's not what the situation we're in now
0: the state of west virginia though in, in this country is seen as one of the kind of markers that have that have done very well in terms of getting their people inoculated correct
1: So that was actually, it's interesting. I actually look at the statistics almost like on a a daily basis. Uh, They dropped significantly, West Virginia. They're actually number 10. The state that is doing the best is, and is being always in the top three, is New Mexico. New Mexico is currently at 90%. Somehow, West Virginia dropped to uh, to only 80%. And when I say 80%, the, the way I measure states is what percentage of the shots that they got were actually administered. And the interesting thing there is you see significant variation across states. As I mentioned, a few days ago, West Virginia was around 95%. So I'm not sure where the drop came, but currently they dropped around 80%. New Mexico is always being around 90%, 95%. So you see, and just to give you an idea, in our state, of Pennsylvania, we're around 70%. Delaware is actually 65% and so there is significant variation in, in the effectiveness of states of taking these shots that they got, as limited as they may be, and actually giving them in, in, in to, to people, administering to people.
0: So what is it about the state of New Mexico that they have been able to figure out so that they can have such a high rate uh, of, of usage of the vaccines? And that also goes to another issue of spoilage when you don't, you know, give the vaccines, in many cases, in a timely manner. They end up spoiling, and you, and you can't use them.
1: Exactly. So uh, the, the solution, and the re- if you want to try to see what some states, why some states are better than others, it's one single word, and that's centralization. But exactly the issue that you are describing is, is what's the main issue here, right? I and mean, if you don't have enough capacity, and you start disaggregating that in, into smaller and smaller fragmented pieces, you really face two issues. One, you actually might not get enough vaccine to vaccinate those that signed up for that day. Because the interesting thing is that when I speak with people in the state, they have zero visibility to how many shots they get every week. So they need to try to guess and, and use that to make a decision on who is going to be vaccinated. So right. you're going to have a situation where you signed up people and they, you did get the vaccine to vaccinate them. Or the other issue, which also happens quite a bit, You ended up the day with actually some people that didn't show up because people, not everybody shows up or you got more vaccine than what you thought you're going to get. And now you have to throw them because most of them are actually quite perishable, specifically the Pfizer and Moderna one, a very, very strict regulation. And and you have to uh, throw them at the end of the day. The more centralized the system, the more you can handle these variations. Right. So what happened in New Mexico, there is a central place where you can go and be registered once and for all, regardless of what stage you're in. And once you're registered, they will tell you to what hospital to go. You don't need to call the hospital. You don't need to call each and every location. You don't need to call the CVS, the Rite Aid, the ACME near your, your place, which is what we're doing here. And you, there is one registry tell you to go to that hospital. The hospital gets the shots on that day. The people show up on that day. Still, there is spoilage, but it reduces the spoilage significantly, it makes the entire registration simpler. You actually also have a solution that's more equitable than what the solution we we hear in almost every other state. You hear people cutting the line, clearly we, we have already people that are above the age of 75 that didn't get the shot yet, but we have people that are in much, much lower priority and already got the shot.
0: Does it provide any challenges in other states kind of replicating that idea, much larger states? Thinking like New York, California, even here in Pennsylvania, replicating something similar so that you can you can try and get a higher rate of uh, of inoculation and usage of the vaccine.
1: Yes, so New York actually manages to to improve a little bit and go up the list. And, and the way for bigger states to replicate that is to do mass vaccination events, because uh, mass vaccination events exactly uh, have this benefit of. Being fully centralized, you have one day where people show up with their card, and, and and in that day, you know ultimately that even if there are snow shows, you can handle that. Even if there is a little bit of, a, you didn't have enough vaccines, you might move them to the next day to the same location. I mean, I think we need to start putting. I mean, so I'll, I'll say the main thing. The main thing was the fact that I don't think it's a size issue. It's more of a, a, a mindset,
0: okay. and
1: most of the states set around for 11 months from the moment that we knew that the vaccines are already being developed, not approved, but developed. And while J&J and Merck start building their plants and AstraZeneca built a plant in, in, in Baltimore that is currently empty, by the way, um, even though everybody was working on that, none of the states did anything to create any type of IT system that could be developed by a, a 17-year-old a software developer in five minutes. And I'm not exaggerating. Right. None of them did any of that. Might be a little bit late for that. And so the next best thing is to try to create and, and erect, erect this kind of massive. I mean, New York does it in the Javits Center. Philadelphia started doing that in our convention center. It's a little bit too little. And but I don't think it's too late. Right. It's actually we still have the majority of the population not being vaccinated. We need to actually think about it more creatively. We don't need to say that's really too late for this uh, situation. We want to get as many people vaccinated until May 31st.
0: I've also heard you talk about what Israel is doing to vaccinate their population.
1: Right. So, so two things about Israel. So one thing in, in Israel was the fact that Israel got per capita more vaccines than every state in the U.S. Um, so one is to give them credit for the ability to to negotiate a deal that is better than what our uh, deal leaders managed to negotiate. The second thing was a significant sense of urgency in delivering that. And, and so I think one example that, that I want to give just to illustrate that, um, in Israel, the, the Shabbat, the Saturday is, is a is, is a religious day. There is no public transportation in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to go, you cannot use public transportation. Yet for the vaccines, they relax that uh, constraint. And actually, vaccines were delivered on Saturdays. In the U.S., it took a while until some states even started delivering a shot on a Sunday. I think the sense of one more thing that happened in Israel is very quickly to avoid spoilage, people started developing Facebook groups to communicate at the end of every day where there are additional shots, so people actually take their car and drive and get a shot. Right. It seems to be that if in the U.S. Many of the of if you go in, in New York State, you have to go through a, a, a survey of 51 different questions. Right. Basically, most of these questions were trying to exclude you from getting a vaccine. In Israel, the approach was actually the opposite. Was How do we get more people to be vaccinated? The last thing I was saying about Israel, Israel is, is a, again, a centralized system. It's a single-payer healthcare system with essentially two HMOs. So, ultimately, the government or, and, and the health Exactly where you are, where you live, what's your history. So it's very easy to prioritize and make sure that this spoilage uh, doesn't happen. And, and make sure that people are prioritized the on whatever was agreed on.
0: So for here in the United States, how do we get the most vaccines to the greatest number of people right now?
1: So I, I would say try to. So uh, within the states that uh, are are not leading currently, I would actually start already working on a registry where there is one registry, one place where you register once, And immediately as your place in the queue arrives, you get an email to where is the nearest place to you where you should go at the same time once you're registered. You also created an opportunity for these states, for these locations. If there is any shortage around you, let's say you ask everybody around 5 p.m. to email if there is there is actually excess capacity, and then you blast the people at stay very close, and you get them to get vaccinated. So by doing that, you're going to get into utilization that's closer to 95%, 99%, rather than the 70 and 60 we see now. Try to create a list. Make sure people register. Make sure that you get. To people at the time they need it, but also continuously try to think about how do I avoid spoilage, even if it means that's not equitable. It seems that at this stage, we prioritize convenience and being equitable to actually getting more people to get shots.
0: Gad, great to talk to you again, as always. Thank you very much for your insight. Great to be here. Thank you. Gad Alon, who's a professor of operations, information, and decisions at the Wharton School here at the University of Pennsylvania.